0: And a happy new year to you indeed. Happy 2021. 2020 finally being in the rear view. Uh I I have to tell you, the guilt continues. 2020 in general was not the worst year I've ever had in my life. However, I recognize that collectively it was a pretty bad year for everybody. So I, I get it. I get it. It's in the rear view finally. A um, couple of things. First of all, thank you for the many, many, many uh, instances of outpouring of support for my grandma. Uh, grandma Lucy Guglielmo um, is still alive as we speak. I'm recording this at 1025 a.m. on uh, Saturday morning, January 2nd. I will tell you, however, that that is a developing situation and that hospice, because one of the most tragic things about this whole deal is, you know, obviously you, uh, you can't visit them, you know, in the home, like they won't, you're not allowed into old folks homes these days. And my grandma is, uh, in hospice. She's on her deathbed. And, um, we did just find out that she is, the hospice believes she has days to live Um, in fact, they used the words one or two days and that was yesterday. She's weak, she's anxious and, um, and she's on oxygen. So, and she's not eating. So it's very unfortunate and it's definitely coming to an end. And, you know, the thing that I'm not going to let people do and say over and over is, well, she's dying of everything else. She's old and she's dying of everything else. COVID didn't kill her. Everything else killed her. No, no, COVID killed her. Covid definitely killed her. My grandmother's been sitting in uh, in the retirement home for six years, and yes, she's had Alzheimer's, and yes, she's got other health issues, of course, uh, and and yeah, Covid is definitely the thing that kind of pushed her over the edge. But the it pushed her over the edge. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I'm investigating a murder where someone has pushed been pushed over an edge. The person who pushed them over the edge is probably going to be found guilty of the murder. So this this nonsense that, well, she has all these other things going on. Sure, she has all these other things going on. But COVID pushed her over the edge. So saying that COVID's not the cause is just not going to be something I'm going to accept from you. And has that been said to me? A couple of times. You know, it's been, hey, Pauly, I'm sorry to hear about your grandma, but don't go around saying covid is causing well fuck that covid is causing what do you mean I don't go around and say covid is co- yes covid is killing her i don't understand what is again I'll go back to my analogy cuz this is the conversation I had with the guy this this guy is going back and forth with me in a facebook message saying paul you know i uh, i love your podcast and uh going to be listening to it and uh, unfortunately sounds like that news is going to come soon and when it does come just want to make sure you point out that COVID only pushed her over the edge it wasn't the sole cause as I said to him I'll say it to you again if you break your leg and you break your arm and you get a large gash on your forehead you're going to be in pretty shitty shape but if I walk up to you and push you over the edge of a cliff I'm going to prison for murder, okay? Any hoot. Um, so there's that, you know, and uh, I do think it's kind of cool that you live to see 2021. Uh, I don't know what the plans are for funeral. I don't, th- you know, obviously there are no funerals right now. My grandmother, being 91, is in a situation where I don't know that it would have been a large funeral to begin with, even in normal times. However, um, still, obviously there is family, there are friends and supporters of family who would want to do something. So I would say, you know, it's probably going to either be everybody gathers and we do an outdoor thing at the actual cemetery. So we would do like the burial part where we are able to be outdoors and spread out. Um, Or we, we just put it off and we do it after vaccinations have come around, so. I'll keep you uh, up to date on that. Speaking of vaccinations, I found out that because I'm an essential employee working in food manufacturing, that I may actually have the ability to get a vaccine sort of earlier than most other people, I guess. I I don't know exactly where I would fall in line. And at this point, the vaccine rollout is a shit show. I mean, at this point, it's going to take, what, years to get everyone vaccinated? So it's. I'm glad some people are getting vaccinated, but also it's by no means you know, moving at warp speed, if you will. Uh, anyway, I, the, 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 uh, rumor that I'm hearing is that I'm allowed to get it earlier. And this is the funny thing about, you know, being a business owner and not knowing what the fuck I'm doing is my wife says to me, well, how, when do you get to ha- get it then? And I go, I don't know. And she goes, well, well, shouldn't you find out? And I go, yeah, I mean, nobody's told me. And she goes, well, you're the owner of the business. So you're the one who would tell the other people. <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so sometimes I still have these moments where I go, "Oh, I'm the I'm the adult in the room now. That's right. I'm the one who has to go find out those things <laughs> and then and then relay that information to my employee. Okay, Oh God, God bless my employees having patience with me anyway um so there's that that's happening and i started the podcast off by saying 2020 has not been my worst year it hasn't now i am aware of and i'm watching the carnage going on around me and i i get it that overall 2020 has been a terrible year and that's a big part of the reason but i will tell you that for me personally 2020 was actually a pretty good year And uh, I feel some guilt associated with that. I've been very, very lucky several times this year. First of all, the health of my family, um, my immediate family, my parents has been an absolute stroke of luck this year. Um, I will say that uh, professionally, it was an extremely invigorating year. I left my job. I started... You know, I, I I didn't start a business. I purchased a business. I continue. So now I own two businesses. So basically, I went out on my own. Uh, that was invigorating. That has been, so far, has been very good. Uh, and and I'm extremely thankful for that. That happened this year. Um, and of course, I got to spend the year with my son. I got to spend the year with Leo. Leo had way more FaceTime with mommy and daddy this year than he would have had under normal times with the s- busy social calendars that we both kept and vi- you know professionally but also at the same time i see my wife and it's not my place to talk about my wife and her feelings she would kill me but just a little bit of a, a peek behind the curtain but working from home is a struggle and sure there are parts of it that are great and i think there are parts of her parts of it that she's enjoying but there's also parts of it that are very difficult you know i mean there's been a few times where she's said something like Hey, uh, I'll go to Wegmans today and I'm like, "Hey, I'm already out. I'll stop. Send me the list." And she's like, "No, I'll go to Wegmans." And I'm like, "No, no, no. No, it's no problem at all. I'll stop at Wegmans." And then she'll say, "No. I have not left this house in 5 days. I will go to Wegmans." And I'll be like, "Oh, I get it. Okay. I see. That's right. You haven't you literally haven't left the house." Oh, I I understand how hard that is. Actually, the beginning of the pandemic, March through I guess mid March through the end of April, uh, before I left radio, I was still working, you know, uh, from home, and uh, that was difficult. I was a six. I only did it for six weeks. Really, work from home, and that was hard. So I have I have definitely I have a, a a big amount of um, empathy for those who are working from home and feeling a little confined. Uh, I won't say that I feel terrible for you because I do think that you are you have some advantages while working from home. Uh, But I do understand that it's not all it's cracked up to be, and uh, I think that it's unfair sometimes. Like, I remember one thing that Kimberly and Beck did in that last, like, month and a half where I was forced to work for them against my will um, was that they would constantly make fun of people working from home for having it super easy. Uh, I don't think you necessarily have it super easy working from home. Uh, As someone who did it myself... I don't think you necessarily have it super easy. It's just flat out easier to do your job from the office, at least in, in most cases. I get it that it's kind of apples and oranges and some jobs are different than others. And it's difficult to make a blanket statement regarding this in general. But that used to piss me off when they would talk about that. Um, anyway, uh, you know, another great thing about 2020 is starting this podcast, turning radio into something for me that is only fun and not work at all that was a big deal you know i i started this podcast because and i've talked about this so excuse me if i'm repeating myself but i didn't leave radio because i hated radio i left radio because i had this other amazing opportunity that i loved more and because i had also become relatively disenchanted with radio and i had felt that i could no longer believe or trust in the company i was working for or those who were leading me and um it wasn't really, you know, because I ever stopped liking radio. I mean, look at me sitting right here. I've built myself this little thing in my car and I broadcast. Oh, I guess it's not a broadcast, it's a podcast. I podcast, you know, essentially to myself and to you and and you have been amazing. You have made it a great 2020. You've been so I am so thankful for you when I started this podcast the truth be told, I used to make the joke and I used to say, look, a podcast, 12 people will listen to it and that'll be fine. I'll get my little creative fix. I'll get to do my podcast and I'll feel good and it'll feel like radio still a small part of my life and that'll just become my hobby basically. And then I will pour my entire professional self into my um, my factory, right? And my sauce business. Oh, by the way, I have big news regarding that too. I have to share with you. So I just spent the last hour sending out emails and text messages to everybody because we have officially rebranded the business not googly sauce oh god see this is something where it just gets so confusing because and i don't blame you you are being completely normal i do not blame you for this but people tend to half pay attention to things and so they kind of make up the in-between and when I say that I've rebranded, people think like, oh, Amos isn't gonna be Amos anymore. No, no, no. Quick explanation. I own two businesses. One is Amos Pasta Sauce. That, there's no rebranding happening there. That is staying exactly the same. The other business I own is the manufacturing facility that produces Amos Pasta Sauce. That is where we are doing rebranding that, I purchased, it was called Permac Enterprises. My partner Tom Riggio and I purchased that uh, and we have now rebranded as the Craft Cannery. The reason for the name the Craft Cannery is because I wanted to do something that was kind of a nod to the past and a nod to the future. And so I kept on throwing around this word cannery because when we were first filling out all the paperwork to obtain our licenses and and just all the legal paperwork you have to do when you take over a business, basically. Our designation kept coming through as that we were a New York State cannery. And I just thought that that was so cool. I thought that that the word cannery, because I grew up in Conneaut, Ohio. My grandfather used to call it, quote, canning tomatoes, right? There was a little cannery in the town where we lived, Plus, in Rochester, there was a cannery in Fairport back in the day that made that canned things. And I just thought, that is such a cool sort of old-school classic name, the cannery. So I originally thought, well, let's call ourselves the cannery or the New York State cannery. That was another thing I liked. But it just sounded a little too institutional. And then one of my coworkers, Nick Riggio, who actually happens to be the son of Tom Riggio, Um, He, I guess, just came up with the name craft cannery because I kept saying I want it to be a nod to the past and a nod to the future. Two words, cannery being the nod to the past, but I don't know how to nod to the future. And he said craft. You know, craft is the word that people use. So we went with the craft cannery. And then I remember when I went in, I had to get all the web page and I was surprised the web page existed nobody owned that domain same with the social media i mean nobody had thought of that name before i was sort of surprised but i guess got kind of lucky there Uh, so anyway back what i was saying is i i went off i branched off i started this podcast in 2020 and when i did it i thought hey i'm just doing it for myself you know the job is the job now i'm pouring myself into this entrepreneurial effort the radio side of me is gone but i don't want it to die completely i still like it and it's you know i want to pay homage to the years i spent there plus i want to use the some skills i learned while i was there i don't want those to go to complete waste so i'll do this podcast 12 people will listen to it whatever but i will say that i have been extremely blessed that so many of you have stuck with me all year and thank you for that because I have more listeners to this podcast than I truly thought I would have and we don't have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of listeners but we're popping a nice little number here and there and not every episode does great some do great, some don't so much it is what it is. but at the end of the day we're never only getting 12 listeners you know I mean it's just uh, it's been very rewarding to me that you all have kind of stuck with me and said hey I'm going to listen to Paul's journey and it might take some weird left and right turns here but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do it. And and again I started a podcast a few months ago talking about you know not um not wanting this podcast to feel like work. I could probably spend more time on this podcast and make it better and grow myself a bigger audience. And how would I, how would you do that, Paul? Well, I would, you know, chase bigger guests, I would try to find newsmakers, I would try to commentate on the news a little bit more, hitting bigger topics, having bigger guests. And that would require work and pre- preparation and you deserve those things and so as you've seen, we'll do some of that. I mean, that stuff gets in here, but you know, sending out a quality podcast every week that is topical. And and to that point, it was just not something I was going to have the time to do. And I appreciate because I thought to myself, well, that might lose me listeners, but it really didn't. You know, I appreciate that you're here for the journey. Boy, I'm just driving by this billboard for the Barnes firm. That's some creepy shit, bro. That is some creepy shit the barn the, the Barnes for so the the Salino and Barnes right the Barnes side passed away tragically and I know they immediately oh God oh my God look at this look at this real time no editing what is this 10 seconds later there's a Salino law billboard I'm on 490 right now heading towards the city coming from Burgen. oh God it's just so damn creepy like they they moved quickly to get the uh the the deceased out of those billboards that's that's a and the Barnes firm is that a is that a relative or something there's an old guy on the billboard that i don't recognize from the old ones huh anyway sorry got got uh, taken off my message there a little bit oh where was i we were talking about um yeah i'm just so thankful for you just so thankful for you being around and uh, sticking through me and sticking through this with me and staying on this podcast with me it's just been wonderful uh, people do ask me to talk about radio a lot I, I've mentioned this before it remains true anytime I talk about radio or food it would seem um, I pop big numbers and it, I, I feel you know food I will continue to talk about but radio is getting tougher and tougher for me to be able to talk about because I'm so far removed from it at this point that I really can't speak to much n- with it, with too much knowledge to the things that are going on in radio, uh, any of the moves that are being made, you know, I can try, but at this point it's more just opinion. And, and I, I mean, I guess I can bring some wisdom to the game because I've you know, been in meetings with the minds that are making the decisions. So I, I guess if there are big moves, I'll, I'll continue to opine, but I don't know that We're going to do many episodes anymore where i just kind of talk about radio in general because again i just feel like a phony at this point there's not a lot that i can say anymore that's going to be incredibly insightful and when those opportunities present themselves i will i I will but they'll be few and far between i think from this point on you know the state of radio is is what it is it's it's is it dying yeah but people are still consuming audio content Uh, They're doing it daily. I know I do it daily. The problem is we're able to curate our own audio content, uh, and we don't rely anymore on anyone else to curate it for us. And so that's where radio has got to make their content, I don't know, is this a word, curatable? As opposed to just expecting to to kind of radio 101 their way into our lives. You know, uh, you've got great creators... And you've got content that they can create. So give it to me every day as a menu that I can pick and choose from as opposed to, you know, old school radio where it's like I'm going to tune in and hear what I hear. There wa- there have been in the years that I worked there, there had been pushes here and there for more, um, more on demand, more podcasting and things like that. Unfortunately, those kind of those those demands kind of slowly go away. And, you know, everyone just concentrates on doing their radio show and and, uh, making their content available on demand becomes a little bit less of a priority. And I think that's probably where, as of right now, the mistake is being made. It just needs to be a bit more of a priority, getting that on-demand audio up and in there and everything. So uh, that's really all I can say at the end of 2020. There's another Barnes Firm billboard. Yeah. Budget's still there, I guess, for... Oh, it says attorney Rich Barnes. It says a tur- attorney. So the guy's last name is Barnes? The new Barnes guy's last name is Barnes. Must be a relative of the old Barnes. Rest in peace. Boy, that was a sad story. 2020 really did. Man, 2020 took some people, didn't it? Kobe Bryant, Brody Lee, John Huber. Oh, that was a W. Excuse me, WWE did do a a tribute to John Huber on Monday night, kind of a short one. But then AEW did Wednesday night, AEW Dynamite. They completely dedicated the show to John Huber, and it was really good. They had uh, the Huber boys, Brody Jr., Amanda. They were all sitting ringside. Brody Jr. got involved. They did a ten bell salute. Really, just a beautiful tribute. To John Huber and, and actually just before I started recording this podcast I was at work and I was listening to the Chris Jericho podcast tribute show to John Huber and that was also just a beautiful sentiment um that again that just that news was just so damn shocking uh and and boy I'm trying to think now that was a week ago today that we found out I guess it was a week ago today that he passed away last Saturday oh god still just having a hard time getting over that I was on the uh, Ringside Rant podcast this week with RJ. Thank you for having me, RJ. Talking about that, also Channel Ten had me on um, just to kind of talk about, you know what what he meant to this to this city, and that's been a big theme of what you've been hearing too with the AEW tribute, and then also the, you know they get into that a bit on the Jericho podcast. Just so good, so good, and such a tragic, just early loss, just so sad and. a lot of people are trying to pry for the details i don't know the details i don't um i have a curiosity of course like anyone else you know you hear it was a lung issue it was not covid related it really yeah sure i mean i am curious but it's certainly not my business and certainly don't blame the family for picking and choosing which details they'd like to come forward with and and which ones they don't yeah that's that was a tough one 2020 did definitely did wreak its havoc, without a doubt. Uh, One last thing I want to hit on is football. The Cleveland Browns are about to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's essentially a playoff game for the Browns. They win, they're in. Now, if they lose, they have the ability to get in. I guess if the Browns lose and the Colts lose, the Browns are in the playoffs. In which case, the Browns would fall, I guess, to the seventh seed, which would actually put them very likely at buffalo in round one of the playoffs which is which which is like my worst nightmare i don't want the browns and the bills to play each other in the playoffs unless it's the afc championship oh god it's my worst nightmare uh (laughs) i know people say to me they go what are you talking about at least one of your teams will go through no listen i don't want to pretend anything that is not true the browns are my team I like the Bills. I root for the Bills to do well. But push comes to shove, I am a Cleveland Browns fan. And so I don't want to take credit as a Bills fan. Will I... will Okay, if the Bills knock the Browns out, will I pull for the Bills from that point forward? Of course I will. But if the Browns are playing the Bills, I got news for you folks. I'm a Browns fan. I will root... Very hard against the Bills for 60 minutes, but it is the only 60 minutes in which I will root against them. I will grant you that. I love them. I love them a lot, and I hope the best for them. That said, the Bills are good, man. That's the difference. The Bills are a good team. You know, the AFC has, in my opinion, two really good teams the Chiefs and the Bills. If the AFC shakes out the way it should this year, That's your AFC championship, Chiefs and Bills. Chiefs might be a notch better than the Bills still, but I don't think anyone else is. I think it's the Chiefs and the Bills. And the Bills certainly are good enough to play with them and maybe beat them. My Browns, this is a funny thing. Somebody sent this meme out, and I thought this was really funny. The Browns are not a good enough team to go deep into the playoffs i mean this is the step we need to take this is kind of like the browns to me are like the bills last year they're taking their step they're into the playoffs hopefully (laughs) please hopefully i don't want to get ahead of myself and then they will you know maybe maybe win a game if they're lucky probably not probably lose their first playoff game uh, and and it will have been a, a giant stepping stone. You know, just getting into the playoffs will be that stepping stone. Very similar, as I said, to the way the Bills last year. They got to the playoffs. That was a giant stepping stone for them. And now this year, just getting to the playoffs is, is, uh, is a small thing. Now, just getting to the playoffs is small, and winning in the playoffs is really where it's at for the Bills. That'll be my Browns, I fear, next year. Uh, anyway, the Bills are a good team. The Browns are not such a good team. The Browns, I think while they can play with anybody, they also can get beat by anybody. The Bills really strike me as a team that's going to hold their own against anybody no matter what. And sure, it's football, things can happen, the Bills could lose in a fluke of a game, but in general, I really don't think there's anyone better than the Bills, except for maybe the Kansas City Chiefs on that side, uh, the AFC that is. Speaking of football, the last man standing that they do every year, the big famous Rochester last man standing that has like what thousands of people in it my father-in-law and my brother-in-law and my grandfather-in-law they are still alive in that last man standing they are into week 17 they've got new orleans this weekend and if they win they win a share of a pot that i think they said it's down to about 250 people and the pot is like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. and more people might get shooken out this week and people get shaked you know people lose every week so man that's a I keep looking at that and i keep going dude that's a huge one i furthest i ever made it was week 10 this year i went out week one i've gone out week one twice now week one they do say though is like the toughest week you just don't know what to expect but they saved new orleans for week 17 and you might think like wow that's a lucky one how about this they had the chiefs in week 16 they they played the best last man standing really you can play, period. They they basically ran the freaking table. I don't want to get too ahead, but having the Chiefs and the Saints in week sixteen and seventeen, you can't get much better than that. You can't play it any better than that. That's a that's a hell of an accomplishment for them. Happy for them on that one. On that front. They need to get a few more people knocked out. Not that anything's wrong with a thousand bucks, but at this point, you know, they got to share it with 250 people. I'd like to see another 100 or so people get knocked out of there. I think that's it for the first podcast of 2021. A couple upcoming episodes I have. I've got uh, my partner, Tom Riggio. This dude has a very rich history in the food business, and I think you're going to get a real kick of hearing about what life was like in the early days of companies like Vitamin Water, Bark Thins, this dude has been a, an investor in the food business in a very long time. He's a, an investor in me right now. I'm thankful that he's in my life. I want to do a long, proper interview with him. I had him on the Wham 1180 food show a couple times. One time was for like 10 minutes. Another time I did an hour with him, but it was, you know, 40 minutes. And it was it, 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 just the structure of regular radio just sucked. You know, everything had to be so rushed. And this will be a chance for us to just kind of calm down, talk for a while, slow down, get the whole story in there. And, so that's going to be soon and then this one i can't promise you because they haven't written me back yet but there are these three girls girls—they're these three dairy farmers in marietta new york who have blown up on social media they call themselves ny farm girls and i fell into their social media a week or two ago and then i just started kind of going through all their past content and they are fantastic so they are basically advocates for the the uh, not only the farming industry, but specifically the dairy farming industry. But on top of that, they're creating great content on an almost daily basis for social media and making it actually entertaining to watch farmers do their jobs. And uh, I just think it's brilliant what they're on to. I've had a little bit of experience with dairy farmers in the past. A few years ago, I was doing one of my classes out at the New York Kitchen, and I had this group of like five or six young women, and they said they were the the dairy farmers in the area that they come from a few different farms they were all dairy farmers and got to know them a little bit had them up on the food and wine show once and basically found out the struggles of the dairy farming industry and and uh and it was a really fascinating conversation and so i would like to have the ny farm girls on but again as i said at this point i've only reached out this is way premature they may write me back and say screw you man i've got sixty thousand instagram followers i don't need your stupid podcast and i wouldn't blame them for that i would not (laughs) <laughs> all right well thank you for listening to the podcast let's go browns here we go brownies here we go oof, oof. have a happy 2021 happy new year